This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time once again for another episode of Tales from 2 a.m. My name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It is great to be with you once again this week as every week. I know there's so much going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers. This week was kind of quiet week. Yeah, it was. But there's always something to talk about. And on this show, we kind of talk about fun stuff. This is your Steelers fandom at work. This is celebrating your fandom and talking about different things, different stories, some fun stuff. Doesn't matter where you are, it's 2 a.m. somewhere. And that's what Tales from 2 a.m. is all about. Jay Reese is the first one in the live chat. Hi from England. It is great. You know, it's funny. Let's see. This is 2021. (laughs) Man, I got to look at the calendar here. In 2017, I was in England, Jay Reese. I was in London, um, Amersham. Is it Amersham? Is that where I was? Um, So I, I was in a whole... Where else did we stay? Uh, it was Brighton. I was in Brighton as well. And I spent two weeks there with some dear friends, family. It was awesome. And while I was on the train going into London, and I was trying to do some stuff for Behind the Steel Curtain back then, and I decided to come up with an idea called Steelers Fantasy Island. So that's what we're going to do today. We are going, I am thinking about Steelers Fantasy Island again. And now it has nothing to do with fantasy football. So don't think about fantasy football when you think of Fantasy Island. Think about this. Think about what if you had hindsight that was 2020, if your vision was 2020. Notice I'm wearing glasses today. Never wear glasses. I'm starting to need glasses so I can actually see if I want to. I just don't. I'm vain. Carly Simon might have written that song about me, but the problem was I was born in 1971 when that song came out, so I don't think she did. But maybe she was foreshadowing. I don't know. Maybe her foresight was 2020. Who knows? But I don't really like to wear glasses, but I'm wearing them today because I got a new pair of glasses, and I'm trying them out. So we'll see how how I do with them. They'll probably be off halfway through the show because I probably can't stand them. Here's the thing. Back in, not 2000, back in 1982, Young Bad was in sixth grade at Richland Middle School in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Johnstown, Pennsylvania, home of one of the greatest Steelers of all time, 
number 59, Jack Ham. So I was at Richland Middle School. And I had a teacher. I'm not going to uh, mention her name. She has since passed away. She was the meanest teacher alive. She was horrible. And I had brand new glasses and I could not keep them on my face. And she would yell at me for my glasses. She would tell me that I was worthless. All, all these things that uh, some people in the live chat do every once in a while. Oh, the YouTube comments or Facebook. So <laughs> they do that every once in a while. But maybe they were foreshadowing too. Maybe she was getting me prepared for uh, for life in the blogosphere. I don't know. But so she was really mean to me. And ever since then, I couldn't put my glasses on because then I had a complex. And so now I'm trying. But hindsight is 2020, And that's something that we can talk about. And hindsight in the NFL draft is 2020. So... Bad Itch is here. He's only here so he doesn't get fined. I love that quote. He does that every week now. Good to see you, Bad Itch. Cream, my man. Felicia, Bert, Van. Van from Kentucky. Kentucky, home of, uh, well, not home, but collegiate home of one Alvin Bud Dupree. So we will uh, we'll talk about him as well in the show, actually. But what we're going to do is we are going to go ahead and take this concept that I came back, came up with in 2017 when I was in England. And I'm going to go ahead and take every number one draft pick of the Steelers since 1980. We're not going to go too far back, but that's 40 years. So that's pretty good. And we're going to say where they were drafted and who they should have drafted instead. Now, there's a, there's a rub here. You can't just say anybody. It's got to be within 15 picks. And the reason it's got to be in within 15 picks, because it's got to be reasonable. You'll see in 1991, I mean, I could have put Brett Favre in there, but it, he was not within 15 picks of Huey Richardson. So we, we got to have that certain role. So there's only a role of 15. So if a player was picked 15 picks later than the Steelers, then you can go ahead and put them in this exercise. So let's have some fun with this. And you guys could all chime in in the live chat too as well. Lots of people are storming into the live chat. I love it. I mean, gosh, it is the 10 o'clock hour on the East Coast here where I am in Maryland. And wherever you are, it's a different time. But remember, when we're together on a Sunday morning, what time is it? It's 2 a.m. somewhere. Yeah, that's it. Here we go. Let's go back to 1980. So the Steelers just came off of their fourth NFL championship, winning the Super Bowl against the Los Angeles Rams. And you know that story. My parents were at the game. I was not. And I'm still bummed out about that. But, and that's the story that I know I tell the story all the time. But yeah, that's the one that Terry Bradshaw scolded me about that I was joking that I was mad at my dad. And he said, Make sure that, uh, I mean, just be happy you have your dad. So I'm going to tell that story every time because I love Terry Bradshaw. And it was a very human moment. But they had just won that. And the Steelers decided, hey, maybe Terry's getting up there. Maybe we need to replace him. Let's replace him with a guy that looks like Magnum P.I. Magnum P.I. is big now. This is 1980. That's when it came out. Everybody loves Tom Selleck. So let's get a Magnum P.I. lookalike. Give him number 16 and make him a Pittsburgh Steeler. 
28th pick in the draft. Now, there was only 28 picks in the first round back then because they had 28 teams. So they pick Matt Mark Malone. Not the best pick. Mark didn't really work out for them. So when I hop into Fantasy Island, I'm looking through right at 15 picks later. So he, this guy works. They can go to Penn State. They can't get a quarterback. They're not getting a quarterback within these 15. But they're going to go ahead and pick a defensive demon, a linebacker out of linebacker U. Let's go ahead and pick up Matt Mellon. What do you think of Matt Millen starting the 80s as a Pittsburgh Steeler? Now, before I go any further, look, this is obviously never going to happen. And this is going to destroy the Steeler time continuum. It will kill the football time continuum. Because if you pick this guy, the next year you're not picking this guy. In 1989, I have them picking a safety, which means that two rounds later, they're not picking Carnell Lake. I get that. So this is just purely for fun. But imagine if they kind of did this. You know, if they do this stuff, maybe they win some championships in the 80s. Maybe they don't, but you'll never, they would have never had a Ben Roethlisberger or a Jerome Bettis or everything would have changed. Because when you do that, one pick will con completely kill the football time continuum. So we but we're going to have fun with this anyways. So just bear with me on this. Thumbs up, thumbs down if you think Matt Millen is probably the best pick there. And if you want to if you want to have fun, you want to go on uh Wikipedia, go ahead and pull up 1980 draft and then you can just scroll up and hit next for 1981. You want to see the 15 around those guys, see if I missed anybody. Feel free to do so. 1981 Keith Gary. Now, this is an interesting one for me because Keith Gary was a very good player for the Steelers, but he didn't show up right away. Not what a lot of people don't realize is they took the defensive lineman, defensive end out of Oklahoma with the 17th pick in the 1981 draft. However, didn't show up until 1983. So it was cool. Actually, he was 84. I, I think he showed up in 84. So it's like they had an extra rookie in 1984, and this guy was accomplished. He played in Montreal for the Montreal Alouettes. Who here has a Montreal Alouette jersey? I might get me a, a Keith Gary jersey. I don't. I'm joking. Um, maybe that's next, my Alouette jersey. I met Keith Gary. Nice guy. He signed my picture. He's a really cool guy. Had a chance to talk to him. But three picks later, what if the Steelers stay in state like they did in my fantasy Island in 1980 to get Matt Mellon, but they stick in Pittsburgh and go Mark may one of the hogs three picks later, you just shore up your offensive line completely for the next decade. So Mark may is my pick for 1981. That'd be fun. Wouldn't it? 1982, man, 1982 is, do you realize how close they were to getting Marcus Allen? Marcus Allen went with the 10th pick of the draft. And a lot of running backs went up, went there. Steelers wanted to go running back. They saw the end coming for Franco Harris. So they went with a Baylor Bear. And they had a Baylor. This is funny. They had two other running backs from Baylor on the roster. When they picked up Walter Abercrombie. 
Who were those guys? Does anybody with don't look it up? Don't look it up. But I'll give you 20 seconds. Who were the other Baylor Bears that the Steelers picked in the draft and were on the roster at the time that they went number 12 with Walter Abercrombie? One of them was a number one pick. The other one, I believe, was maybe it was a fifth round pick. I'm not sure. But the other one was a guy that won a state championship in track, a team state championship in Texas, in track, all by himself. Only guy on the team and won the state championship. That's pretty amazing. Very true. And if you're wondering who they – I'll give you his two numbers. He wore number 44 for the Steelers and wore number 30 as well. He had two numbers for the Steelers. Ended his career at number 30. Okay, too late. Going to tell you. The two Baylor Bears that were running backs on that same team when they drafted Walter Abercrombie, number one, was my man Frankie Pollard. Tony Defio and I talk about Frankie Pollard all the time. Frank Pollard, that guy was a beast for the Steelers. He's an unheralded great Steeler. I love Frank Pollard. The other one was a number one pick in 1970. I was going to say 78. No, it's 79. 1979 was Greg Hawthorne, who in 1983, they uh, he had some injury problems. Then they moved him to wide receiver. Just didn't work out, and they moved on from him. But Marcus Allen was taken with the 10th pick. They couldn't get Marcus. Imagine if they would have had Marcus, but he's not in Fantasy Island because he went to the Raiders two picks before. So I'm going to go ahead and take another lineman here. Man, I'm really making sure that line is great for the 80s. And I'm going to take Luis Sharp out of UCLA, a, a tackle, at uh, four picks later. So that's probably the best one that I could see right now. So we'll go Luis Sharp. So, man, that 1980s line is looking up. So you still have Larry Brown there. You put Luis Sharp in there. You've got Tunch. You've got Mark May now. And you have Mike Webster in the middle. Wow, that's that's an epic. Forget about the Hogs. That's the Steel Dogs, man. That would have been amazing. <laughs> All right, so here's the obvious one. And now I'm going to uh, I'm going to bring up 1983. And this is no disrespect to the guy they picked at 21. And you know who we're picking. I mean, this is obvious. We have to we have to stay in state again. We've got to stay in the city. We've got to go Dan Marino at 27. We have to. That's like every team's redraft for 1983, um, with the exception of like the Broncos, who did not draft John Elway, by the way. The Colts still drafted Elway. Then they made a trade. I think they got, they got some picks, and Chris Hinton, the lineman, the young lineman. So, I mean, they didn't get killed on that trade. But the Steelers took at number 21 a man that wore number 69 at the University of New Mexico, and his name was Senior Sack Gabe Rivera. Gabe Rivera actually could have been the next Joe Green, and a lot of people talked about it, how great this pick was. But it wasn't Dan Marino, and it's never going to be Dan Marino. The guy could have had a great career. He made a terrible life choice. 
and he just passed away a few years ago. I believe it was 2017 when he passed away. He ended up in a wheelchair, um, ended up a quadriplegic after I, I believe he hit a, uh, hit a wall in his car as a rookie. I think it was right before week six, he played week seven. He played, it was a Friday night. So they were going to play two games, two days later. And he was absolutely, he was tremendous. I believe he had three and a half sacks for the Steelers as a rookie before, before that happened. Um, and here's the thing, Bert, I, I love you, Bert. I am going to say this. You can't call a guy a bust. You could call him a pick that didn't work out. And this is the thing I say with Senquest Golson all the time, which everybody, nobody, hardly anybody agrees with me on the Senquest Golson thing. Like, it's hard to call a guy a bust. You could call it a bad pick, a pick that didn't work out. But these guys hardly ever got to play. We don't know what would have happened with Senor Sack. He could have been a great player. He was never going to be a Dan Marino, and we know that. But, and definitely a tragic story, and I agree with you on that. It's just really hard to say what would have been. What if he was, what if he didn't make that tragic choice and played for 12 years and ended up being a Hall of Famer for the Steelers? It wasn't his play in the field that got him. It was his play after it. So, and then... So, yeah, Bert, you're agreeing with me. Golson wasn't a bust. He was always injured. Never even played in a preseason game. Now, would you like to have that pick back? Of course, you want that pick back. You Hindsight being 2020, you're not picking Senor Sack. You're, I mean, because now you know what Marino did. But if other teams had hindsight, they're picking them number two in the draft. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're picking them... I mean, gosh, Tony Eason went before went before Dan Marino. Todd Blackledge went before Dan Marino. So it's just there was some bad intel out there about him. I remember going to my uncle's house and it was like, yeah, you hear that kid from Pittsburgh? Uh, yeah, that Marino kid, the Steelers uh, aren't going to draft him because he's doing coke. And I'm like, I... And here I am, like 11 or 10. I'm like, I, I, is that true? I, I don't think that's true. But, I mean, there was just, there were bad rumors about the guy. But the famous story, and Dan Marino, excuse me, Dan Rooney um, mentioned in his book that, man, I should have taken credit for it. But he gave the credit to John Clayton because John Clayton said, really, guys really need to take Dan Marino. So he went to the draft room. His brother was there. Not the draft room, but the meeting area um, in the offices at the Steeler Complex and and said to uh, Noel and his brother, uh, who was the head of scouting, Art Jr. And he said, you know, thinking should go Dan Marino. And they're like, all right, you know what? Actually, that's if you think that, that's great. So you came up with that? He's like, well, you know, um, I was talking to John Clayton, they're like, Clayton, and they threw it out. And then they went back to send your sack. That's exactly what happened. Um, yeah, oh, gosh, bad itch, yeah. I did just kick Wolfley off the line. Didn't mean to. <laughs> Wolfley, I love Wolf. Wolf is like me like 30 years from now. Or actually, let's say 20 years from now. I'm probably only 20 years younger than Wolf. 
I maybe I'm less than that. No, Wolf can't be in his seventies. Wolf's in his sixties. Maybe fifteen years. I I'm probably. I'm the guy that loses focus, wants to talk about food, wants to talk about everything else. And that's exactly who Wolf is. So I, that's why I love Wolf so much. In fact, I need to get on a show with Wolf. But Wolf would have been a great sixth man there. And you know he would have played. You know, he might have won the job from Louis Sharp. But it would have prob- Louis Sharp would have worked out maybe better than Walter Abercrombie. Who knows? So we all could agree that Dan Marino, we really would have wanted him. Um, so <laughs> Michael O'Malley make me laugh. If he's doing cocaine in the Miami, probably wasn't the best spot to send a cokehead. Yeah, apparently he wasn't, but this is what everybody thought. <laughs> Jeff, good morning, buddy. Um, so <laughs> let's go ahead and We'll make it easy. Let's have an easy one. We're not going to redraft 1984. Lewis Lips, that guy was a great pick. Lewis Lips would be one of the greatest Steelers of all time. And I got to tell you why. He would have been a great player, great receiver, and he is considered one of the top five best receivers in Pittsburgh Steelers history. But we forget about him because he played in the 80s. But he was dominant. Just absolutely fantastic. Um, so we're keeping Lewis Lips, the pick 123. So no change. This is the first no change that we got. And we're going to get to a lot of no changes as we go. We're not getting into a no change in 1985. Oh, 1985. One of my least favorite Steeler picks of all time. And it is a defensive lineman out of Wisconsin by the name of Daryl Sims. Daryl, gosh, they picked him at 120. So a lot of people don't realize that the Steelers were trying to get Jerry Rice. They really wanted Jerry Rice. Even though they had just picked Lewis Lips, they were going after Jerry Rice hard. San Francisco traded up to get him. And Pittsburgh, I mean, what San Francisco gave up for Jerry Rice was absolutely nothing. I mean, it was a mid-rounder to to move up in the draft. It's not like it is now. But could you imagine Jerry Rice on the team? But they didn't because they couldn't trade up. But when you look at everything here, that was just Daryl Sims just did not work. Now, if you look at... 2000, excuse me, 1995. There's not, this is kind of tough. We can't take Randall Cunningham because he would have, he was taken with a 37th pick overall. So he's kind of out, out there. Um, he's out of the equation. There's some other names like a Vance Johnson or cornerback Isaac Holt. You can't take Bernie Kosar either. There's a great, thing on YouTube about how uh, how Cleveland got Bernie Kosar because Bernie Kosar would have changed the entire draft if he would have went in, but he ended up not graduating on time and having to go into the uh, supplemental draft, but it was a ploy by his agents so he could go to Cleveland. We wanted to go to Cleveland because he was from 
the area they had interest in them so there was almost collusion involved it almost seemed like there was collusion but so he went in the supplemental draft so he doesn't really count in here either now if you want another defensive tackle you go two picks later for william perry <laughs> you went at the fridge you could have had the fridge was the fridge as great as we think he was well probably not he was more legend than anything so I am going to go with the very next pick. They picked a 20. At 21, the Los Angeles Rams took a very good cornerback, went to a couple Pro Bowls, Jerry Gray. So I'm going Jerry Gray in the 1985 draft. Later on, see, this is where you look at some things. They could have picked – think of about round five. I'm going to go to round five. And these two picks in a row, at 113 in round five, Kevin Green went, linebacker out of Auburn. We've heard of him, right? RIP Kevin Green. At 114, the Cowboys selected Herschel Walker. You know, teams could have picked Herschel Walker a whole lot earlier. Just because he was in a rival league, he was in the USFL, no one touched him. But the smart team like Dallas... Went and picked them. They were a lot. I thought they were very smart back then with Tech Schramm and Gil Brandt. And I think they were both there at the time. But if I'm not, I apologize. But you picked Herschel Walker around five. In 1987, Bo Jackson went in round four to the Raiders. He was playing baseball, but you know, they <laughs> they said, hey, what the heck? Let's try a round four pick on, on Bo. Number one pick in the 1986 draft overall. You get them. I mean, that's just smart by by these teams. I mean, a lot of people knew that the USFL was going to fold because of the whole moving to the falls on Sunday, moving to the fall on Sundays and things like that. So here's so many cool things in here that uh, that show up that you just don't know about. And the only reason I know about this stuff is Man, I loved the draft back then. I paid attention to the draft as a young bad. That's all I wanted to do. That and kickball. <laughs> I played football and baseball at that time too. And but I just that's what I wanted to do. I, I just love talking about football. And so the draft was kind of like Christmas morning for me. And now I'm still into the draft. I cannot wait. Everybody knows that I'm not, uh, that on draft weekend, don't schedule anything for me because that's my thing. And we, I know we talked about that last week too. Uh, I love it. So I tell you what, I'm going, I'm looking at the clock and going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to go to uh, 1986 right after this. And we're going to continue in on until 2020. Maybe I better speed this up. But so let's take a break. If you're on YouTube, on Facebook, just stick around. It's a quick stretch. If you're on any of our platforms where you download your favorite podcast, all you've got to do is do this. Switch on over to number two. It's not going to cost you anything. Just do that, and we'll be back right after this.